Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Happy Monday, folks. I'm Paul Ross, and you, my friends, are listening to the first TalkSport Daily Podcast of the week. And we begin today's pod with a fallout from Sunday's Premier League action as Chelsea won at Sheffield United, Spurs beat West Brom, Wolves and Leicester played out a, oh dear, goalless draw, and champions Liverpool were drubbed 4-1 at home. You heard me right, 4-1 at home. I'll say it again, 4-1 at home by high-flying Manchester City. It's City's title to lose. They take a huge step forward in their quest to be champions. Liverpool surely now not part of the conversation. They couldn't live with Pep's rampant team. Cannot deny it, we're so happy. But we are in February. Still, we are in the second or third games on the second leg. But for us, for Manchester City especially, you know, it's three points, but come here, finally win. It's important. Alisson clearly in his head, completely all over the place. And Manchester City surely have a lead now, which Liverpool will find very hard to get back to. So he saved our life plenty of times. And tonight, yeah, of course, he was part um, of these two goals, definitely. So, But this game is gone. So I saw a lot of good things, what I really like. We had to show a few things as a reaction as well from the last game. And the boys did that. But then when you concede these goals, they're obviously a mood killer. It's not like, who cares, let's strike back. That's not these kind of goals. It's really good. Everybody was like, my God. He's missed a trick here, Klopp, because we've lost players. We've got a congested season. He could have just, we were ahead, remember, earlier on this mm. season. He could have just gone to something a bit more conservative and just nicked the league just so we can keep the momentum until players come back for next season. I think when you've got Fabinho and, and Henderson back there, you are losing out on that midfield that was so good for them last season. Why sign centre-backs if you're not going to play centre-backs? Because they're not ready to play today. That's why, and I, I don't care what anyone's going to tell me, yeah? They're not ready to play today. If they were, Klopp would have said, there you go. Why not play them? I don't think they'd have done much worse today in the game. Why yeah. did Jurgen Klopp not think what, what might happen if Van Dijk got injured? All right, David, who, who, who comes in if, yeah. we sack, if we sack him? Who comes in, David? Who no, do you want I, in? You know what I would do now? Because Gerrard's won the league with Oh, Rangers. David, stop in. it. Gerard will, will, will get some mentality back into the team. Gerard is a leader. It's turning into an absolute rout. Manchester City with a fourth and young Phil Foden, who's been sensational today. He always plays in one tempo that is so good for the winger, but in the middle has another tempo. You have to make variations. Sometimes you have to play slowly, sometimes quicker. And he's still not perfect on this sense. And it's with this joy to play, with his ambition and his focus to learn, he will get it. So you do have to give Pep Guardiola a 
lot of credit for the way that he's managed Foden, particularly in the wake of what happened on England duty in Iceland. When you look at the season that Foden has had since then for Manchester City and compare it to Mason Greenwood, yeah. who's clearly been affected by that, Foden has gone from strength to strength. And I think Guardiola deserves a huge amount of credit. Foden starts in any team for me because he's got so much at such a young age. Scary. And, oh, man, I, I love watching him. I love watching him. He has got so much quality and he's proven it this afternoon. As it finishes at Bramwell Lane, Sheffield United 1, Chelsea 2. We have to keep believing, you know, we've got 15 games left and we know we're going to have to play really well, but yeah, we're not going to come up against that every week and when we do come up against the opposition now, we have to make sure that we we get something from the games to keep us alive. You you know from, from, from television that it's an intense league? When you see the physicality of the league and intensity of the games, is is uh, is a different level. The intensity in coaching on on the sideline is a different level that we are used to. But it's nice because we wanted that. It makes me get out of bed early, and this is what we want. He slides inside inside the penalty area, and it's two 0 to Tottenham. And what a wonderful clinical counter attack that was! And when you are in in a negative run, it's not easy to play a first half like we did and cope with the frustration of going at half-time with a 0-0. And, of course, in the second half, we we scored the goals that gave us a victory, and I think we deserve totally. Harry Kane should have been tracked into our box. You make two mistakes in the final third in the Premier League. Nine times out of ten, the team gets a chance to score. Brilliant pass for Kane, and Kane finishes with his right foot, and Tottenham lead, and Harry Kane back in the side, back among the goal. If you've got Harry Kane or Son on the end of it, ten times out of ten, probably they will score. West Ham will appeal to Masuchek's controversial red card for elbowing Fulham striker Alexander Mitrovic after the London derby finished goalless on game day. Mike Dean was the on-field official who sent off the Czech defender after viewing replays on the dreaded VAR monitor. And Mike, if you're listening, you might want to skip ahead two minutes on this one. We're going to be hearing from Andy Cole, Mark Hughes, Adam Cattrall, Gabby Bonlahor, Tony Cascarino and Mark Saggers. But first up, it's the Hammers boss, David Moyes. Mike Dean, brace yourself. And the red card is out, and Thomas Suchek has been dismissed for violent conduct, and West Ham cannot believe it. I'm embarrassed for the, for the people in VAR and the referees who made that decision. I think the two gentlemen involved, Mike Dean and Lee Mason, are far better referees and have been far better referees, who I'm amazed that they wouldn't have seen that as an accidental incident what happened. But we have referees looking at screens, frozen, literally staring at the screen for as long as you can believe, like they're watching a film like Titanic and trying to judge it of how good a film it is. They're not film critics. They're just looking at an incident that should be looked at within 10 seconds you can make a call on. And Mike Dean is looking at it 20 times. And Then is somebody going to have to start asking questions about Mike Dean's officiating if he has two decisions overturned in the space of a week? VAR's a bit like an end of the peer show at the moment and VAR is ruining your respect from a lot of people and also VAR for those that are sitting there looking at it. I mean, yesterday at West Ham, what sort of a decision was that? And how long did it take? Just a disgrace. Mike Dean was actually looking at the incident in real time. He saw it happen. It was about five yards away from mm. him. So why he didn't just say, play on, it was an accident, get on with it, uh, I have no idea. I'm done with it, seriously. Because it's, it's just messing up football. And, mm. you know, when, when, when we talk about this fella, yeah, every week, the guy, it, it, it drives me nuts. Yeah, and what what he needs to understand, and the rest of the guys need to start understanding. Yeah, no one doesn't kind of watch these referees and talk about upholding the law. And mm. the, there is there is nothing to uphold there yesterday. 
It's a complete accident. What is going on in his head here? This is quite a simple decision. If you're going to freeze frame anything, Natalie, you can make anything look bad. Why is he getting yeah, more for me, He's for done me. two this week, Gabby. He's yeah. done two. But for me, when you look at the incident and you look at the whole game, first thing you have to look at is, have they had a bit during the game where they've, they've had an altercation during the game? No, they haven't. So why would Suchek want to elbow a player in the dying seconds of a game when they've got a free kick, they've got a chance to score? That's what you've got to put into context. Um, as a referee, I'm sure that you have to. But like we said, it's the Mike Dean show. We've got some breaking news for you on Talk Sport. And West Ham have just confirmed in the last few moments they've submitted notice to the FA to appeal the red card for Thomas Suchek. Manchester United threw the lead away twice on game day, drawing 3-3 with Everton at Old Trafford after an injury time equaliser from Dominic Calvert-Lewin. We'll hear from former United striker Mark Hughes and whether or not they're still in the title race, but one other topic to focus on is this, the dipping form of goalkeeper David De Gea. Here's the take of a man who knows a thing or two, in fact a thing or seven about keeping, it's David James. David De Gea is not renowned for his bravery. Um, this isn't something that has, hasn't happened before. I think, if, if I'm not mistaken, in the Champions League, there was a similar situation where he came out. The, the problem that David De Gea has is that when he doesn't block it, he looks like he's not brave enough. If he blocks it, it's the best save in the world. Um, it's very polarised in that sense. And uh, the idea of him needing to dive out headfirst into, uh, into people's feet. Calvert-Lewin past the goalkeeper, an equaliser in stoppage time for Everton, denies Manchester United victory. Chaos inside the penalty area. If he, he hasn't done it before, then uh, there's no reason why he'd start doing it now. F- funnily enough, if you look at Edison for Manchester City, this is a guy who will stick his head in anyone's feet because he's, he's brave as a lion and um, arguably the best goalkeeper in the Premier League at the moment. United are going to be ruining that 3-3 draw because they were so comfortable for mm. periods of the game. De Gea's got to, you know, as much as we keep going back, you're paid a hell of a lot of money at a big football club. You do not survive playing averagely and De Gea's been average for 18 months David De Gea has made that many mistakes for Manchester United he's got to come and clear that cross and for the um, the first Everton goal he's got to do better there you can't be parrying it straight into the, oh. the path of the attacker so for me he's got to be dropped and I just don't see Oli as the sort of manager that's going to drop him though I think no matter what he does he's playing it's very difficult for Everton to restrain their emotions knowing that they've stopped Manchester United from winning here at Old Trafford I think United teams show respect to their opposition by keeping going and and if they can win 5-0, 6-0, 7-0 a good United team will do that they won't take their foot off the pedal and uh and that's what happened in midweek. And I, and I think that's a good sign for, for everybody connected with Manchester United. Following a recent spate of racist abuse aimed at footballers on social media, TalkSport's own Gabriel Bonlahor has taken a stance and deleted his own Twitter account. On the Sports Bar Weekender, he explained to Adam Catterall exactly why he's taken this drastic action and how it might help fight online abuse. There's not any punishments, so... So oh, yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe Bloggs would think, you know what, all right, if someone um, doesn't do something right in my team, he's getting it, he's after the game, and then they'll be laughing about it with their friends, probably, all right, look, he got it, oh, I didn't get in trouble for it, so you can do it next time in your team if so-and-so doesn't score a goal or gets sent off or blah, blah, blah. And we're not seeing any change from these social media companies. Look at the how many times you've seen um, players on Twitter and Instagram saying... They can't believe that it's happened and nothing's, nothing's, um, no punishment to be made. What mm. step is there? 
the only step is to, to for me anyway to, to boycott the app and I'm not telling anyone else to do it because everyone makes their own decisions but I'm telling you now if the big big stars were to boycott Twitter I'm telling you now they would change their settings they'd do it probably in a few hours mate and you'd be like what what took you so long to do that then everyone will probably come back onto it and then people that did want to be racist then there can be police at their door within 30 minutes in Super Bowl 55, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback, the legend that is Tom Brady, was bidding for his seventh ring as they took on the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's find out how he got on. His talk sports, Will Gavin. Very few of any sports stars have achieved consistency at the highest level for two decades. But Thomas Edward Patrick Brady has once again defeated Father Time and claimed another Super Bowl title. This was sold as the best quarterback matchup since Joe Montana met Dan Marino in 1984. And unfortunately for the neutral, it ended by the same staggering margin of victory. I'm so proud of all these guys down here. Everything we uh, dealt with all year. We had a rough month in November, but... VA had all the confidence in us. The team had a lot of confidence. We came together at the right time. I think we knew this was going to happen tonight, didn't we? The master defeats the student. The goat does it over the kid. The oldest player to ever play in a Super Bowl at 43 years old now has a record seventh Super Bowl ring to his name. Tampa Bay win their second Super Bowl title, the first team to ever do it in their home stadium as they beat the Kansas City Chiefs 31-9. to and we finish with Darren Ambrose, the former Crystal Palace and Charlton midfielder, on his five minutes of acting fame being cruelly taken away from him. There was a film out called Goal in 2005, and it was based around the Newcastle United team. I was at Newcastle United at the time, so the 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 whole film crew and everything kept coming in. It was it was tough actually because every session you'd get this this guy who played Santiago Munez, I think it was called. And he, um, you know, he wasn't the greatest of players, so you had to fit him into the team somehow. Anyway, we get into the team meeting. We're doing a team meeting. We recorded, and the script's there. I've got a speaking part. I'm thinking, oh my, oh my god, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. Me, Jermaine Genus, and Kieran Dyer got speaking part. So we go through it. Um, it took me about eight takes. I had about six words. My words were, question boss, where's Santiago? Because he weren't in the meeting. Now, that took me about eight <laughs> takes to go. They kept they kept saying, right, cut, let's go again. Anyway, I said to the producer, me, uh, JJ and Kieran said to the producer, you're going you're gonna to cut this? No. Like, the producers loved it. So, like, brilliant. So, I'm sat there in the cinema with my missus when it comes out. 15, min- 15 minutes in, I'm going, oh, it's going to be on soon. And then half hour, it's going to be on. Nope. Hour later... Anyway, they've only gone and cut it. The credits come on. They've gone and cut it. And then my missus is looking at me like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're an absolute idiot. And every time that comes on and that film comes on, she says to me, ain't that that film you're in, Daz? Cheers. I just give us a line quickly before we have to break. Question, boss. Where's Santiago? Thanks for listening on Acast, Spotify, Apple Pods, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now I'm back on overnights on TalkSport from 1am, straight after the sports bar of taking your calls on Leeds versus Crystal Palace. There'll be another one of these TalkSport daily poddies out first thing in the morning when Andy Goldstein returns from Snookerland. Until then, it's me, Paul Ross, saying, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.
The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.